Welcome to Coastal Connection. We are on with Patricia Trejo today to talk about the Florida Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. Now, before I get started about uh, talking about her nonprofit and, and asking her what, about her journey, let's talk about nonprofits. They were started in the progressive era of the United States, and it was time for social reform due to soldiers coming back from uh, 1914 from World War I. And because the society needs social reform, the government wasn't putting bills in place to help with social reform. So nonprofits were stood up and believe it or not, the YMCA is one of the first nonprofits that were stood up, which was funded by fundraising, which led to the nonprofits we have today. And in the sixties, nonprofits grew more. And as the seventies and nineties, they've grown greatly. So Patricia, what up girl? How's it going? And where are you at? Me and Mike G give a shout out. Yes, sir. <laughs> hola, hola. Uh, it's such a great honor to be here with you. Um, Thank you for the invitation and the warm welcome. So yes, I'm here to uh, share a little bit about the Florida Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. I've had the honor of representing Florida ALAS, short for uh, the Florida Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. And ALAS is a Spanish word for wings. Um, we do try very hard to inspire a lot of our leaders across the state of Florida. We really want to make sure that we're having representation as it relates to our students, all of our students with a particular emphasis on our Hispanic Latino youth. And like we like to say, a special cariño for our Hispanic Latino youth. As you know, there is such an underrepresentation when it comes to historically marginalized students. And so our nonprofit organization, which was founded back in 2012 by some amazing Latino leaders, really wanted to make sure that we had that representation in place, not necessarily just in the classroom, but also with regard to those that are representing at the district level within the superintendency and also at the school board level. And so, um, you know, honestly, I just flew in from Washington, D.C. I was there with our, our mother, the National Association of Latino Administrators and Superintendents. They're advocating for sound policies as it relates to that representation. Again, not necessarily in the personnel, but also within the curriculum and the instruction, ensuring that our contact our content is inclusive and that we do have a diverse workforce. And so there's certainly a lot of work ahead of us. Um, and we are hoping that those that are interested that will come and help us out because it's much needed for the benefit of all of our kids, right? Oh, absolutely. And I, what I want to touch on is we are having a societal shift. So if you look over the last five years, we've really started to dive down in Hillsborough County here in town, here in Tampa. They've literally stood up cultural administrators within the organizations to try to really enhance the different cultures that are in, in the classroom or in the different cultures that are in the schools. So from the Latino standpoint, you still have the same struggle that some of the African-American community has is getting young Latino men to graduate 
college. High school, the percentage is up actually this year for high school. But I think a lot of that is because of the emphasis we put on their Latino history, uh, their, their contribution to the American society. However, we have such a long, Patricia, a long way to go. And so what is your organization kind of, and if we could focal point really quick on young Latino men, getting them the shift from trade work to actual white collar jobs to six figure incomes to make their, you know, their lives uh, in um, generational uh, brokenness or poverty is, as we call it. The vision of Florida Alas is to provide a venue of educational professionals to discuss the needs of our diverse community. Yeah, so I'll start with um, sharing with you that the organization, we actually support our Florida State Statute 1003.42, which talks about the infusion of Hispanic contributions made to the United States with regard to the curriculum and instruction. And that's a very important piece. If we, within our classrooms, are ensuring that all of our students are getting that educational uh, experience with regard to the specific contributions that Hispanic Latinos have made to the U.S., regardless of whether you're Hispanic or whether you're not, the exposure and the enrichment that our students can get will really benefit them in the long run. And really, honestly, with regard specifically to our Hispanic Latino students, they'll get that sense of belonging. They'll really feel engaged within their classrooms and hopefully inspire them and push them forward in order to be um, the, have the opportunities to move forward and be college and career ready. And then ultimately, you know, really push forward and, and become something more than what what hopefully, you know, like, for example, I think about my parents who were immigrant, uh, migrant farm workers. I myself growing up, I couldn't speak any English. And so I was exposed and to what the work my parents had to endure and the sacrifices that they um you know, had with regard to trying to ensure that I had four brothers and a sister, that all of us six together had everything that we needed. And so early on with uh, the support of my parents and just their their inspirational experience as well, as far as like ensuring that we had the educational experiences that we need in order to, you know, hopefully not necessarily be in the same uh, situation where we're out in the farms working because they retired as farm workers. And so that's what we're hoping that our students will get when they're learning about these amazing um, individuals that are of Hispanic Latino descent that have made amazing contributions to the U.S. and hopefully inspire them to push forward and continue with their education. Man, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, Chavez in 1976 through 19, about 1979, made a major road impact in getting unions built for the, the Latino community to kind of change and get migrant workers' rights. You know, and it's just like in the civil rights movement, we passed, and there was a lot of bills passed, 64 and 65, to, to try to make a difference in. But we have so, I mean, we have so far to go because it seemed like after we get one thing done, we don't put enough effort on those that benefited from it. It's like we take a, a, a down period. And I think now, generationally, I think it's starting to resonate with a lot of us that we really need to kind of up our game for the next generation. So what are your thoughts on, as you guys go forward, how do you really like see the shape in the 21st century? So when, when Latino students go into a classroom, they, they see their history as something really positive because we've had a pretty much a 20 year run where education kind of glazed over everybody's contribution. I mean, revolutionary work, let's talk about that. World War II, let's talk about that. But when we talk about building the, the construction of the United States 
it's a melting pot of people that have sacrificed to ensure that where I sit here today and a lot of our, my peers sit is because of sacrifice of our, our grandfathers, grandmothers, and great grandparents. So going forward, how are you guys looking at shaping your organization uh, in the 21st century? Well, the way that we're really hoping uh, to continue to support our students, um, all of them within the state of Florida, is to ensure that we're continuing to provide them mentors, mentors as it relates to individuals that look like them, right? And so we want to make sure that the students get that support, um, feel comfortable with sharing their experiences. We have a lot of students that are coming from many different countries, specifically Latin American countries, that are migrating over here under some very um, unfortunate circumstances. And so give them the opportunity to have an adult that they can feel comfortable with to share those experiences, to share those traumas, and that can get that guidance and that inspiration that they need in order to be able to push forward. And so we are going to continue to provide those mentorships. We're going to continue to provide um, the Universidad Si Se Puede, which, by the way, was coined by Dolores Huerta, not by Cesar Chavez. A lot of people have <laughs> misconception. Um, and so we're going to continue with providing that university to be able to support the parents, right, so that they understand on how they can better support their children at home with regard to the colleges, the uh, having the information, understanding what FAFSA is and what that looks like and the information that they need in order to apply for these pertinent um, opportunities. And so really just informing them and engaging them and providing those supports and also providing our students with scholarships. We were really happy that we hosted our 10th annual uh, Florida ALA statewide conference in June, and we were able to provide scholarships to our students um, with, of course, the support of our uh, sponsors and our partners and, and different solution providers. And we want to continue to be able to do that. So again, that we're tracking them, we're inspiring them, and we're continuing to mentor them and ensure that they are going to be successful. Hey, Mike, you sitting over awful quiet, man. What you got, man? What you got? You, you, hey, y'all gonna go in a little... Hey, well, you can go in Spanish, man, because, you know, we got this is a dual audience today. Sí, dime. Buenos días, doña. ¿Cómo está, señorita? ¿Tú está bien? Buenos bueno días, buenos días. So, <laughs> one question I was reading is, uh, what is your biggest challenge that you have in the organization to, like, talk people into this and have partners and, and have people, you know, donate the money, so forth and so on? So, what is your angle? What is your most, like, challenging stuff that you guys foresee or, and go through, of course? You know, honestly, we're really, really um, grateful for the exposure that we've gotten from many different platforms that we've been um, honored to to take part in just as, as yours today. Um, we actually have a lot of our sponsors and our partners that come to us. They really believe in our vision and our mission. They know right now that we are in this um, unfortunate uh, time where there is a lack of representation. Um, a lot of the conversations that I'm having with administrators across the state of Florida, specifically with the superintendents, is looking at the data, drilling down and diving in deep and looking at why, the why. Why do we not have enough Hispanic Latinos specifically representing um, our students? And so what we're finding is the hiring practices. 
the hiring practices, there are some inconsistency. Let's be real. We have to talk about this. You know, who is sitting around the table when the hiring is occurring? Is the committee diverse? Are we having the pertinent stakeholders at the table that need to be there? Are we involving the community, right? Are we involving, are we involving the students themselves? We have student leaders out there that can sit at the table as well and represent the district. Are they being a uh, uh, invited and partaking in those conversations, as well as looking at the postings of the positions, the criteria that's being created and developed, who's developing the criteria. And if the community is taking part in developing that criteria, then who are the facilitators that are facilitating those conversations with the communities as well? So lots of questions that we ask. Of course, we don't all, we don't always have the answer, but we come in with the support. We're not a union. We're here to support our administrators, specifically our superintendents. And again, with just providing those questions, those pertinent questions that can be uncomfortable at times, but that we really need to dive in deep and take a look at so that then we do have those opportunities for those that are trying to apply to get at the table, even just to get an interview. Um, and so we're hoping to continue to do that work because we know ultimately it is gonna benefit our kids in the end. Oh, awesome. That, that's great information. I, and you, you, you just touched on like a, a major point that touches my heart because it is the, the struggle. You talked about it administration side and, I don't, and, and I'm going to just touch on this real quick. It is hard, even every organization I've worked in, it is hard and I believe in diversity. I believe in diversity across the board so we have different opinions and different perspectives. But when we start talking certain jobs that bring certain amount of income, it seems like it kind of thins out at the top. And, and that's a hard discussion because a lot of people struggle with having to be able to have the conversations that you're talking about. And the more and more so, it seems lately, is that we've gone backwards. And I've talked to my mom about this, that we've kind of gone back to her backwards a little bit. And I'm hoping that in the next five years, we move a little bit forward to getting uh, a little bit more diversity. But the, the, the struggle we have right now is male role models. And so what kind of program do you have where you're getting good professional Latino men to come in into the program, like Mike G, to come into the program, to sit, <laughs> sit down and say, look, young men, this is what we need to do. We need This is what we need to do for our community because everybody has a role to play. And I hate to sit, target that because me and Mike are men, but I'm tired. I want to see more graduation and less carceration, Patricia. Yes, That's what absolutely. I want to see. Absolutely. And within the organization of Florida Alice, we actually have what we call the Connecting Compadres. And the Connecting Compadres is the opportunity for our adult men to come together and to talk about what it is that they need to support to have the supports that they need to be better leaders, but also for them to have the supports on how they can better serve the male students. Um, and so it's a really amazing opportunity for those that would be interesting to join um, because we do need more males. You're exactly right. We need more males, more male leaders, more male models to, to be able to support our young men. Um, I have the fortunate opportunity to serve as a co-facilitator for the Linking Latina Leaders uh, Network for National Alas, which is the other uh, end um, the opposite end of the Connecting Compadres. And there also, we're talking to these amazing leaders uh, across the nation, from teachers all the way to school board members, and talking about how we can support one another as being women of color, women sitting in those pertinent positions. How can we support one another to continue to ensure that we do have more women representation? In fact, just recently, we just had um, two uh, first 
serving superintendents in two different counties, one in Volusia County and one in uh, Orange County. So it's pretty amazing to see that, you know, when we're coming from a district here, specifically in the state of Florida, where about two, uh, three months ago, uh, it was shared with me that we only had nine superintendents of color. Um, and out of those nine superintendents, two of them were of Hispanic Latino descent. And now to see that we have our two, two women, two Hispanic Latina women serving as superintendents. Again, it goes back to having our students even just know, like to learn about that, to see that and say like, wow, okay, I can also do that. Um, and so, yeah, we have these opportunities. Um, again, the Connecting Compadres and the Linking Latina uh, Leaders Network that we have to support our leaders so that then they can support the male students and the young uh, women's, uh, the young girls, because also with the girls, I think it's important to talk about how the girls specifically that are Hispanic Latina descent, they are unfortunately with the research, it shows that they suffer more from suicidal thoughts. They unfortunately uh, tend to um, have pregnancies. Uh, they tend to drop out of school as opposed to their counterparts. And so again, it goes back to one, ensuring that we have the supports in place and the resources needed in order to better pre prepare and support our students. In the zone, that was so informational and so it's so nice. Um, like I said, what was the what was the angles that you guys used? But do you also get pushback like like uh, of, of other people saying, well, where's my money coming going to and stuff like that? And like, is, is it really working? So forth and so on. Like it, it, we talked about the complexity of bringing people in. So do they question where their money goes? You, you know, honestly, we haven't had that experience. Um, okay. A lot of our partners and our sponsors, um, like I said, I mean, they've come to us. They believe on our vision or mission. I, I filter those. I personally filter those phone calls and have those relationships and those connections. And I keep them abreast and I keep them involved. And a lot of our uh, partners and sponsors, they help us to provide professional development to our membership. Um, we have such an, an amazing uh, group of supports um, with regard to providing the training necessary as it relates, whether it's curriculum and instruction, whether it's leadership, whether it's experiences. Um, in fact, this past year, we have now had the opportunity to start um, having some shadowing experiences so that those that want to get into um, a specific role and they don't necessarily know what that looks like and aren't sure if they really want that position. Um, now we have the opportunity to provide those those experiences with shadowing. So personally, I had the honor of, of a shadowing uh, Dr. Vicki Cartwright, the first female superintendent serving in Broward County. Um, and can I tell you, I always had this uh, perception of what the superintendents did. But when I was there, I started my day. She said 715. I was there. I was not done till 11 o'clock with her the entire day. And it was absolutely amazing to see the incredible work that a superintendent has to do and are held accountable for. Um, and so, I, again, we want to provide those experiences and opportunities uh, for others. And so when it comes back to our partners, they see the work that we're doing. They are supportive. And so, no, we haven't had that experience of, of them questioning whether we're doing the work or if we're doing the right work. If anything, they're like, how can we continue to help support the work? Right. And so we're really, really happy and, and grateful to them, of course.
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Hey, that's great information. Mike, great question, man. You, uh, you know, as you guys are going forward and I look at, uh, I, and you keep hearing this word and it kind of upsets me all the time, but that word data. And we roll everything into a data point, but there are so many nuances when we talk about data that we don't talk about emotional stress. So you talked about young women right now, the suicide rate for Latino and African-American girls, they, they fall high. Social media has a lot to do with that. It has a lot to do with the environment. And so one thing that I've been working hard the last four or five years since I retired from the military is trying to teach students about generational brokenness, trying to end that cycle. And I tell them every day when I teach my history class that you can end it. You Maybe your parents didn't end it. Maybe your grandparents didn't end it. But you can end it. And they all go, oh, Mr. Bugs, how do you end generational brokenness? Go to college. Educate yourself. I said, Nelson Mandela said this. You can't exercise your rights unless you understand your rights. And you can't understand your rights unless you understand the system that you work in and live in. We've had so many people that are surrounded within the communities that they come in, even being immigrants. And right now we have a lot coming from Ukraine. I met someone when I was in Europe uh, two weeks ago. So they're literally coming into a new environment, pretty much uh, from an anarch, I mean, from an uh, authoritarian environment to a, a, a capitalist environment. Even when immigrants coming out of Latin America, getting away from cartels and gangs, that whole environment of the economic system is different. Mm -hmm. How do they how do you guys shape them so they financially start at a younger age, start to understand that they can be part they can they're part of their own solution? Yeah. Yeah, the great the great thing is that we within our um, universidad si se puede and and moving forward we're always going to have that component of the financial liter literacy. Um, not only are some of them now mandated to get it within the schools, um, but most importantly, outside of that, with regard to our organization, providing that support for that our students understand, um, of course, that whole financial aspect and how they can be, be better prepared and invest um, more strategically and intentionally. Um, so that when, again, when they're moving forward, they know how to maximize the resources that they have in order to better support themselves and their family as well. Ah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. All right. So. It, going forward, you as an individual, you, what is the one single goal in your life that you, you, you're servant already, selfless servant to the, to the, to the government, selfless servant to the community. You, what is your eulogy? What is your imprint on history that you want to leave as you go forward, uh, finishing out that you're, you're these great things you're doing? What do you want to be remembered by? That is such a great question. Um, ironically, I had this question with my mother because she was like, Patricia, ¿por qué haces todo eso? Like, why are you doing all of this? You know, because the position that I serve, it's volunteer. Um, I have a full-time day job. I have three kids of my own, um, you know, and I'm committed, obviously, to the work that I do daily. But outside of that, and not only that, by the way, I, I hope to graduate this time in 2023 with my doctoral degree. Because, <laughs> yeah. My mom just did it about three years ago, so I definitely know what you're talking about. Yes, yeah, so I'm the I'm on the, the fast track, and so I'm taking four classes at a time. And so there's a lot of, of time that's invested with Florida Alas, but because I do have the passion and I, I make the time to be as involved as I possibly can. So yes, my mother asked me that very exact same question. And in all honesty, my response was, I want to be 
<laughs> I did say this. I said, I want to be like a Dolores Huerta. Um, she's one that I, I just absolutely, um, I'm inspired by, I respect her. I've had the fortunate opportunity to speak with her and meet with her, um, and get advice from her. And so, you know, I did say that I said, I want to be like a Dolores Huerta that isn't afraid that really, um, works and serves for the benefit of those that unfortunately may not be able to for whatever reason that may be, but will vocalize what needs to be vocalized in order to make that impactful change that needs to occur. Um, You know, my whole vision and mission as I move forward again is to really emphasize the importance of, of of our students that are not being represented. Like I said, I experienced that. I was in those classrooms where I couldn't speak English and I was literally having to sit in the back, not by choice. I was told to sit in the back. Um, And it was because I couldn't speak English. So the teachers couldn't relate. They couldn't speak. I I couldn't relate to them. Um, And it was very traumatic to not have that support, um, to not feel acknowledged or recognized or affirmed. And so as I move forward with my work, I want to ensure that our kids are being acknowledged, recognized, and affirmed, that they're being elevated, they're being inspired, and that they're being um, empowered and to be who they are, to speak the language that they speak, um, and to not feel embarrassed. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I just want to make sure that that message gets out there, that anybody, and just like Dolores Huerta said, si se puede. Si se puede. And now that I myself, I look at these two first Latina superintendents out there, I look at it and it inspires me as an adult, as an adult to push forward and hopefully one day have that great opportunity. Um, Porque si se pudo. It's no longer si se puede, si se pudo. Yes. So who are you? (laughs) That's our point. So who are you mentoring now? Because you're such an inspirational person. And before I get we get off here, I want to make sure everybody knows if they want to reach out to you and hire you to come in and speak and and motivate the and motivate the next generation. That's awesome. But what do you do as an individual? Because I know you don't sleep. So between working out, uh, running an organization, having kids, take care of kids, working your day job and then just making sure your the family's taken care of uh you get your four hours in a day so we're good with that so who do you have time to mentor and coach because i know people are flooding you young people are coming to you that just got became teachers and it's like look miss pat can you help me out <laughs> you know honestly it, it starts with my own daughters um i do have a 20 year old in college but i've got a nine and 11 year old and so you know, my daughters, Alina and Katarina, right now are are also my focus um, because I have seen from having the experiences of serving as a principal myself, I have seen uh, the dire need of little girls to have the supports that they need. Um, and so I start with saying my own daughters, my own Alina and Katarina, coaching them, guiding them, mentoring them anywhere that I, they're here with me today. I'm in Naples, Florida. I've been invited by the amazing uh, Broward County Schools Principal and Assistant Principals Association to 
come and, and present and, and share a little bit of Patricia Trejo and the work that I do at Florida Alas. Um, and even last night, like I said, I came from Washington and on Monday through Wednesday, just this past week, I was in Chicago. My daughters are right there with me. And that's important for me uh, to have my daughters there because, again, I want to I want to make sure that they get the exposure and that they see um, themselves in, in a similar capacity so that hopefully they can do so much more than I had the privilege of being able to do. So it starts with coaching my own, my own. And outside of that, of course, coaching, you know, our students um, are all of them, every single last one of them. Um, the work that I do uh, within uh, the school system that I work in, um, I'm a program planner right now. And so I have the opportunity to branch out and visit different schools and provide the supports to different students. Um, and they do know me, uh, you know, Mestrejo, Mestrejo, Mestrejo. Um, so there's not any one specifically, to be honest with you, Vincent, because I take them all under my wing. And, and so, and I, I do and will always um, ensure that I'm providing those supports whenever needed. Um, and so that's my answer. Uh, there isn't one specific <laughs> one, you know, there's, it's all of them. It's all of them that, that, that need my help and my support. And I go in and I do what I can in order to be able to, to just support them. You're just an impactful person. All right, Mike, before we get out of here, man, what questions you got, man? Going Spanish or something, man? Help a brother wow, out. Oh, no, so mucho, mucho gusto. Va venir para la Coastal Connection. It's been a lot, a lot informative, a lot of informative stuff. You And I noticed she knows one of our guests that we had before. You know, it's a small world, small circle. So it's Who is that? Uh, what was her name, Vince? Zach. Sandra, oh, yeah. 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 So that was good. Small world, but um, it's a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for coming on. Very informative. There's all the Latinos, all the all the minorities. We need to push it a little stronger. Let's grow this foundation. I like that. Positivity. Thank yes. you. Hey, you know what, Pat? I appreciate you, Patricia. You are. I wish I could pronounce it in Spanish, but I only, explain it to, I only speak German. <laughs> but I just want to say this from the bottom of my heart: definitely, you're doing great things. You're, you're impacting the community, and you're trying to make a difference in the world. And don't ever stop grinding. And if you could give any real quick advice out there to anyone that's listening to this before you get up, say it in Spanish, say it in English. I'm good either way. But you give out one piece of advice that you want to leave everybody with before we sign off. Absolutely. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Jaime Escalante que he basically said, con ganas. Si tienes ganas, con ganas, todo se puede. You know, so definitely don't give up. Continue to push forward. Persevere. And, um, and his last quote that I love is that it doesn't matter how many times you fall. What matters is how many times you're going to get right back up. I love it. And as me and Mike G always say, we appreciate you coming on. And keep it rolling. Let's go.